Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mom picks the baby up from daycare and she wants to do dinner as soon as she gets home, but that baby's not hungry because it's been pumped full of snacks and milk right before pickup. It's really hard to engage in responsive feeding if your baby doesn't have hunger cues because he's not hungry. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back. In today's episode, we're talking about your baby's hunger and fullness cues. What are hunger and fullness cues? How do you spot them? And then what do you do once you recognize what they are? As I like to do in every episode, I want to start today out with a baby led weaning tip of the day. And since we're talking today about this concept of responsive feeding, which I'll introduce you to in a second, I want to remind you that one thing we want to avoid is dripping food. What's dripping food? Dripping food is when you like take a piece of food and you put it in front of your baby and you wait for your baby to pick it up and they eat it. And then you pick another piece of food and you put it in front of the baby and you wait for the baby. It's this like give and take of like you determining the rate at which your baby eats and how much your baby eats, that's anathema to the spirit and the philosophy of baby led weaning. So you got to trust that you know your baby best. You've got an idea of how much they might eat and you got to just put it out there and let them figure out how much they're going to eat or even whether they're going to eat. So don't drip the food. Try to pre-portion your baby's food based on what you think they'll eat. And then I'm going to teach you a little bit in today's episode all about how you recognize and help your baby respond to those hunger and fullness cues. Because hang tight, you know adults send a lot of mixed messages. Well, babies do it too, okay? Their hunger and their fullness cues, they fluctuate or they change and they'll change from like day to day or even within the day or sometimes with even in the meal and like you think you have it figured out and boom, they change it. Your baby's gonna keep you on your toes and that's okay. Throughout the entirety of the feeding experience though, we want to practice responsive feeding. And so- knowing what your baby's hunger and fullness cues are and allowing your baby to respond to those, that's all part of responsive feeding. A quick story before we get started. I feel like my entire life of feeding children has been kind of one big social experiment. And I remember when I was doing baby led weaning with my quadruplets, I had struggled immensely with spoon feeding my oldest daughter. And when I had quads for my second pregnancy, I was like, "Uh uh-uh, we are not doing that. It was too traumatic. I want the babies to be able to feed themselves and enjoy eating And more than that, I wanted to enjoy the feeding experience. But every single day with four babies learning to feed themselves was different. 
And there wasn't even like the time and I did not have the mental capacity to stress about it. Like one day, my quadruplet Dylan, he was the biggest, he would eat the most. And then the next day he would eat so little that I was like, oh my gosh, this kid's gonna die. And then my girl baby Claire would like quadruple Mac all the boys and eat so much more food than them. And then the next meal not be interested in food. And it changed all the time. And to be honest, there's no point in stressing about it. You need to roll with your baby's intake. You know your baby best. Do your best job at anticipating with what you think they're going to eat and then adjust it as necessary because every baby is different and your baby's hunger and fullness cues, you'll start to figure them out, but they will change as your baby goes through the different ages and stages. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So let's talk a little bit about this concept of responsive feeding, which for some of you might be a new term. Some of you are like, nah, I'm a breastfeeding pro and I learned all about responsive feeding or I was bottle feeding and at WIC, they do a great job teaching about responsive bottle feeding. And so you might've heard the concept, but basically before your baby can talk, he or she is telling you things about whether they're hungry or whether they're full. And so it's on us as the parents and the caregivers not to respond to these on the baby's behalf, but really to read the situation and be like, okay, cool, baby's hungry or okay, cool, baby's full. And then what do I do in order to facilitate their ability to develop skills as an independent eater? So whether it's being responsive during breastfeeding or bottle feeding or solid food feeding, responsive feeding allows your baby the opportunity to ultimately meet their feeding milestones that are related to self-feeding. Like a baby can't learn to feed themselves if we're always getting up in their business and interfering with their cues and trying to regulate things ourselves when they, to be honest, actually know how much they need and when they're full. And we're just kind of like the coach along there for the ride. Now, responsive feeding also gives our babies the ability to honor their own inborn ability and desire to regulate their own intake. Okay. It's not on us to be like, oh, cool. This three ounce jar of baby food I'm going to put in your stomach in the next 15 minutes. It doesn't work like that. Responsive eating is cool because you get to bond with your baby. It actually makes mealtimes easier. Early on, you might be like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I promise you down the road, you will not be engaged in those mealtime battles that parents of very picky eaters are because we know that allowing baby to respond to their own fullness and hunger cues and become independent eaters helps reduce the severity of picky eating. And all babies are going to experience some degree of picky eating, usually starting in about the second year of life but your situation is going to be way less tragic if you let your baby drive this whole operation early on. And we do that with responsive feeding. So 
in order to optimize responsive feeding, we want to see at mealtimes minimizing distractions. You don't need an iPad. You don't need a phone. Keep the dog out of the room if you can. If you've got annoying family members who meander and mosey in and out and make a lot of comments and get up in your baby's business, keep them out of the mix if you can too. It's actually best if you can just allow your baby to eat in peace and quiet for 15 or 20 minutes for a meal. You're there to be affectionate and supportive as needed. But again, let your baby drive the whole experience. Your baby's in control. This is going to be less work for you. And it's actually how your baby was designed. They know when they're hungry and when they're full. It's not our job to mess up that feedback loop. So one of the lines I love, this one is about responsive feeding. It's that with responsive feeding, you provide and your baby decides. So let's talk for a second about hunger cues. How do we know when our baby is hungry? Okay, when the hunger cues don't like change dramatically from breast or bottle feeding to solid food feeding. Once your baby kind of gets the hang of solid food feeding, which for most babies, if you start solid foods and baby led weaning at around the six month mark, the first four, six or eight weeks for most babies are gonna be exploratory. They're learning how to eat. They're getting most of their nutrition from breast milk or formula. So we don't stress that they're not eating very much. But usually around the eight month mark is when it all kind of clicks for babies. And when they start eating more, then we drop a milk feed, they're kind of getting into their jam. They're going to know when they're hungry and they're going to want to eat when they're hungry. So they're going to do things like they're going to be crying. They're going to be fussy. I mean, take your cues from breastfeeding or bottle feeding. When your baby starts moving their fists to their mouth or sucking on their hands or smacking their lips, when they're turning their head, like they did to look at the breast or the bottle, they'll start doing that and looking towards the food. Like you will be the most popular person in the household as you are preparing dinner when your baby's hungry. They're going to be more alert. They're going to be more active around food. They'll be doing things like opening and closing their mouth. Okay, so some parents are like, oh my gosh, my baby's hungry. Every time I see a hunger cue, should I like have a full-blown meal ready? No, you're working your way into a schedule where basically by the time your baby turns one, we love to see them eating modified versions of the same foods at mealtimes that the rest of the family is eating. You do not need to be at your baby's beck and call ready to provide food every time you think they're telling you're hungry. Like a toddler, every time they tell you you're hungry, they're not actually hungry, okay? You gotta get in a routine where they're not just asking you for snacks to kill time and you're not just providing snacks to keep them quiet, that they're really eating when they're hungry. And that generally takes the form in most families of three set meals. So if we're looking at your job in the division of responsibility and feeding theory, it's that you have to provide what the baby eats and where they eat and when they eat. The when part is at set meal times, okay? Occasionally, as your baby gets older, especially past the one-year mark, if you change the schedule up and they're getting less nutrition from milk at that point because all their nutrition is coming from food, you may start want to be adding snacks in. But I would highly encourage you to not do snacks before age one. Give your baby that chance to experience some hunger at mealtimes and then respond to that hunger by actually eating all this amazing food that you're preparing for them. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, what about fullness cues? How do we know when our baby is done? If you were doing traditional spoon feeding, the hunger cue would be the baby turns their head away from the spoon. But with baby led weaning, we're not forcing the baby to be eating off of a spoon. We do a preloaded spoon approach, and then we put the spoon in the baby's hand and allow them to bring it to their mouth. If you're not familiar with the preloaded spoon approach, 
I'm going to go ahead and link to a previous episode that I did with a speech language pathologist, Dawn Winkleman. She talked all about the preloaded spoon and how your baby can learn to feed themselves with the preloaded spoon. That's episode 64 in the podcast, but I'll link it up on the show notes for this episode, which you can find at blwpodcast.com forward slash 77. So other fullness cues, they're going to start pushing the food out of their mouth. They're going to start sealing their lips. They're going to start pushing the food on the floor and basically playing with their food. Now, especially when we're talking about older babies, like your typical 10-month-old baby, they were eating really well at eight and nine months of age. And parents sometimes get shocked. They're like, my 10-month-old is now not eating as much as they were last month. It's Seems counterintuitive, but the rate of growth actually slows down as baby approaches the one-year mark. So sometimes they actually even eat less from food at 10 and 11 months than they did at eight and nine months. And that's okay. Again, they're still growing, but the rate of growth is slowing down as we approach the one-year mark. And so if your baby starts playing with their food after 10, 15, 20 minutes in the high chair, it's probably because they're full. Now, when we talk about older babies who come right to the table at 10 months of age and they immediately start playing with their food, that baby's not hungry. And then we as parents need to step in and analyze the situation. Okay, was baby having snacks too close to the mealtime? Was baby having milk too close to the mealtime? Was baby having too big of a snack or too much milk? How can we adjust things so that when the baby comes to the table, they're experiencing some degree of hunger? We don't want to starve the baby out because then that that backfires on you because then they freak out and then they won't eat and then you're up a creek. But you do want your baby, it is okay for them to experience hunger. And I say that a little flippantly, but some parents are really surprised like, whoa, It's okay for my baby to be hungry. Yes, your job is not to prevent hunger throughout the day by pushing your baby full of snacks and milk. Your job is to set established mealtimes and provide wholesome foods and then make the schedule such that your baby does feel some degree of hunger when they're coming to the table so that they eat the food and then are satisfied by the foods that they're eating, but know that towards the end of the meal, their pace of eating will slow down and they will sometimes start playing with their food. But again, if they're playing with their food, especially older babies at around 10 months of age, early on in the meal, you should be analyzing whether or not that baby is actually hungry or maybe they're a little full from snacks or milk or something they've been fed too close to mealtime. That happens a lot, especially I hear from daycare parents. I did a couple of episodes on daycare and I'll link to those in the show notes as well. But a lot of daycare parents will like pick their babies up at five, they go home, they want to eat dinner at 5.30 and they're like, this baby's not hungry and they're not eating and they're playing. And they're like showing me all the fullness cues and there's no hunger cues. Well, it's because they got pumped full of snacks at 4.45 at daycare right before you picked them up. So I've got some strategies for you in the daycare episodes. Again, I'll link to those in the podcast show notes for this episode at blwpodcast.com forward slash 77. So hopefully you know a tiny bit now about your baby's hunger cues and fullness cues. You are in charge of making sure that you're directing a responsive feeding situation. But at the end of the day, your baby is the one who's really driving this situation. And don't forget, in responsive feeding, you provide, your baby decides. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye now. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, 
search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. <laughs>